0: I've been wrestling with ambiguity. I find I do well when I'm given clear directions, say at work, and when things are generally well-defined. Outside of that, though, I get quite anxious and uncertain and tend to overthink things. We could, in a way, say that deep down, none of us like ambiguity. Now, you might say, well, hold on a moment. What about the people who like ambiguity? But. In a way, what happens a lot of the time with those people is that ambiguity isn't that ambiguous for them because sometimes they have ways, processes, or structures of dealing with uncertainty. So they feel kind of comfortable in that. So when we don't know who we are, where we are, what's happening, there is a kind of an existential risk to that. You know, we often feel a bit uncomfortable things are ambiguous. What does that mean? It means they're not well-defined. Not well-defined means they're not really in my control. Not in my control means potentially in other people's control or nobody's control, which means I may be at risk. So that's often the kind of formula that the mind uh, uses that it operates with. Now, how you feel specifically about ambiguity is going to greatly depend on your experiences. And if you have negative experiences about ambiguous situations, a lack of control, if that's been an issue for you in the past, typically you will be sensitized or primed to feel then a sense of risk in uh, ambiguous situations, which might make it harder for you. So there's really individual difference with this, absolutely. But again, we could say that those of us who maybe like the uncertainty or the adventure of ambiguity a bit more very often have processes or ways of dealing with it. So it's not quite the same experience necessarily uh, in that moment. So what to to do with ambiguity if you do feel a bit uncomfortable about things not being very clearly defined? So a a few options. One is avoidance, good old-fashioned avoidance. So that's on, on a bit of a spectrum, avoidance, because obviously you can't avoid everything. But It's also true to say that no matter how comfortable you are with ambiguity, that you're not going to be comfortable with complete ambiguity, with complete risk and complete danger. And if you were, it would probably be because the promise of that was was giving you something else so for example if you felt really stuck in your life and really trapped and you just wanted to break out of it the maybe not knowing what's going to happen next could actually be a welcome benefit but that itself gives its own security or almost its own structure in a weird way it kind of goes full circle and inverts itself so for the most part though within kind of typical operating ranges you're not going to want to put yourself in situations of great risk and where you really have zero control and you don't know what's going on. Even people in the, the masochist community have safe words. Even people who like to push things to the limit and extreme adventure sports usually have a parachute if they're jumping out of something. There is a control there. There's not a complete ambiguity. It, it may seem rather freeform what's happening to the casual observer, but actually it's happening within often kind of tightly defined uh, structures and there are safety mechanisms there, so it's not quite as ambiguous as it might seem. It might even be risky, but at the same time, people usually know what the parameters are or roughly what they're getting themselves involved in. So there's a difference there with that. So there's nothing wrong with avoidance is the point. Where avoidance becomes an issue is where we're losing out on enrichment as a result of it. So maybe we have the fear of ambiguity, And we are then avoiding the ambiguity, but we're losing out on something we would have gotten if we didn't have that fear, you know, because if you're afraid of something and there's no benefit to that thing, well, then as long as you're able to avoid it, there's no real problem. You might as well carry on. But if you have a fear of something, but that's actually something you really need, something that could be nourishing or helping you, that's where it becomes a problem so avoidance at least we can accept that that in certain situations that that's appropriate because sometimes i do meet or work with people who kind of feel the need because there's fear to push all boundaries you know it comes from a very good place They think well i feel afraid fear i don't want to be driven by fear is an emotion so therefore i need to push back against anything i feel afraid of but that's not necessarily the case you certainly want to push back and understand and, and upgrade the feelings of fear in situations where you're being stopped from doing things that are important and meaningful for you. That That is true, but not just trying to do everything. You have nothing to prove to yourself or to anyone else. And, you know, there's uh, thousands of things you could be afraid of. So you don't just spend your life trying to fight those. Unless you want to, that's completely okay. But for the most part, that's not really necessary. So avoidance is, is one option. So the other option then is engaging with the ambiguous but bringing in structure so that that can happen in different ways it can mean uh, asking for help you know so that there is nothing wrong and you know we all have different capacities wh- when it comes to how much ambiguity we can deal with and we also have kind of different expertise in different domains you know so if you if you go to a country where you don't speak the language and you notice there's ambiguity well you know, even though you might be very capable at home when you're visiting this country that you're not familiar with, you might need to ask help from, you know, the authorities or you might need to ask you know a shopkeeper for extra assistance or you might need certain supports that you otherwise wouldn't need. You might need to be culturally told what to do. So probably a very good example of ambiguity is if you're an Irish person in somewhere like the United States and you're not familiar with tipping. So that's ambiguity if there ever was any. And I know when I'm over there and, you know, attending conferences and things like that, it's funny because at conferences you'll typically have people from of course different parts of the world but also different parts of the United States so they themselves will often have different ideas about what's appropriate with the tipping as well so the whole thing becomes a bit of a mess and somebody from one state says this and somebody else has something completely different and somebody from another country says something else again so it can be it can be interesting to say the least so that's ambiguity so if you're not familiar with the cultural norms there you're not really gonna be able to just walk in and push your way through that. You're gonna need to ask, look, what's typical here? Well, you know, what, what am I dealing with? So asking for support is a way of engaging with ambiguity, but maybe bringing in some of that structure that you needed just by asking for it, and there's nothing wrong with that. So closer to home, Asking for help is generally a a very good idea as well. There's no problem with it. Sometimes bringing somebody with us to help us if there's something that we're not particularly good at, like buying an electrical item that's a complicated item, you know, and you're outside of your comfort zone. So again, it's not that we need to prove anything to ourselves in that moment. Bringing in that structure can be useful. Now, you also don't have to just rely on it socially. You can bring in your own processes as well. And this is part of, let's say, in the case of social anxiety, this is where things like communications training come in. Because for the most part, we haven't been formally taught how to communicate with other people. Now, you might say, well, that's sort of obvious and it just, you know, kind of comes naturally. And yeah, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, And again, there's individual differences there. We, We all have strengths in certain areas and maybe we're not as strong in other areas and vice versa. So, you know, we can stand to learn from each other. But sometimes learning certain basic communication strategies can be helpful. So it could be that, okay, if there's what may seem to be an awkward silence, it could be doing a bit of mindfulness practice so you're not actually too worried about that. You're able to be there in that moment and not overly concerned. Because it mightn't be a problem that there's a bit of space in that moment, but the fact that we're really worried about it could be the problem and that actually creates a kind of an awkwardness then because you're busy overthinking it rather than just being in the moment. So that could be something that could be practiced. Or things like learning to ask people questions. You know, so you know, saying, say, well, how are you? You know, asking them about their interests. You know, the simple examples, but If you have processes like that, that can be a way of bringing in structure if you feel you need it, but in simple ways. So the ambiguity then isn't quite as scary. Now the other thing, uh, so avoidance we said is one option, bringing in structures. Other people support our own processes, that's another option with ambiguity. But the other option is practicing ambiguity. And practicing ambiguity means... Rather than waiting until you're in a really strange and unusual situation and then trying to figure it out, practicing it beforehand. And Again, none of this is anything to be ashamed of. We all need to do this just in in different ways into different extents. If you take a a capable airline pilot, if there is an issue operationally with the aircraft, they don't just think to themselves, oh, I wonder what I'll do in this moment. They've practiced it hundreds or thousands of times beforehand, so they have a way of dealing with it. And that training is not just the processes of what to do, it's kind of to emotionally get themselves familiar with being in unusual and challenging situations, with dealing with ambiguity. This happens in... uh, in dancing, and particularly in, in like the forms of, of contemporary dance where people are freestyling and mixing things up. Stand-up comedians do this. Rap artists do a great uh, job of this as well. And the idea is mixing things up. Martial artists is another good example where what they'll do is they'll learn off particular techniques, throws, punches, kicks, whatever it might be. But what they'll do then is they'll mix it up. And it won't be just a set pattern or a formula. It, it'll be different each time, so you don't know what to expect. So although it is still ambiguous each time, and though you don't really know what to expect in any given moment, and it probably is different each time, still, it's a bit like a game of Spirograph, where you cover enough of the board to kind of be familiar with some of the key possibilities. So you feel a bit more comfortable then as a result of that. So you wouldn't just turn up for a martial arts tournament, never having practiced or trained. That would feel a bit much. And often that's what we do you know when it comes to ambiguity we we just find yourself in a situation we're like well, what do i do here so if there are certain situations it could be social ones or it could be operating equipment or it could be professional decisions that you need to make whatever your kind of main concern areas are it can be a very good idea to practice some ambiguity in those areas in advance just in a day-to-day sense to throw yourself curveballs and to kind of just practice kind of getting up when you fall down, dealing with the uncertainty and just seeing how you respond. And as you practice that, like muscles use get stronger, it just becomes a bit easier then to do that. So something well worth playing with and it can be a lot of fun as well at the same time. If you found this valuable, do like, subscribe and share. And what's your experience? Do you have any questions or topic suggestions? You can contribute in the comments on social media using hashtag bodymindself or on jfl.com.